morning to you all. Welcome to episode four of the Carnegie Harriers podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed listening to the last podcast that I did with uh, Zulika. It was a really interesting chat that we had. Um, we've had some really good feedback from that and I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, again, don't be shy about coming forward. Um, it's not that scary. Uh, check with Zoo and you will find that out. The uh, past couple of weeks have been quite productive for me personally. Uh, I am on the road to recovery, um, which is good. Uh, I really, really enjoyed the social run that I had on Sunday with my bubble. Um, it was great to see everyone and get a wee bit of a catch up. Um, so thanks all of you for that. I, I did really, really enjoy it. Other than that, I'm just really doing my own thing because I don't want to push anything too much just now. Um, so sensible head on um, for once. I'm joined this week by Steve Adam, a photographer extraordinaire and all-round decent guy. I'd know a bad wee run or two. Steve was initially a little bit nervous about doing this, um, and I know that uh, will be the case with a lot of other people, but I th- we had a really, really good chat, and I think that's reflected in our conversation. Um, happy listening. Cheers, guys. Steve, hi, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hi, Leslie. I'm fine, thanks. Yeah, just finished work. So, uh, having a Friday night, I've had a couple of beers already. So, yeah, it's all good. Getting relaxed, uh, ready for these um, demanding questions. Hmm, looking forward to it. How's your week been? Have you done much in terms of running this week? No, um, running, I mean, I've been, I've been injured now. I'm always injured. In fact, my last race was. October 2018 so I've actually ran for over two years now um, my current injury is a hamstring um, that I got um, training in a bubble about three weeks ago uh, and I've been off ever since so no no running at all. The bubble's going well then. <laughs> Sorry? The bubble's going well then. The, the, bubble, the bubbles themselves are actually really good. Uh, I was really enjoying it for about one of the six weeks I was doing it and it's just mm. um, you know, unfortunately, uh, injured again, so um, no, no running. You've had some rotten luck the last couple of years then with injury, because you, uh, you had a problem with your Achilles, didn't you, for a while? Yeah, I've had, um, oh, I'm trying to think, all I've had. Achilles injury was, that was about seven months I was inju- injured with the Achilles. Um, I've had sort of a runner's knee, I've had IT band problems, I've had back problems, I've had... Um, oh, various other bits and pieces. So yeah, nothing, nothing for the last two and a half years. Mm-hmm. You feel like you've just fallen apart now. <laughs> yeah, um, I do. I mean, that's me. I'm 55 next year, um, and yeah, I, I do feel as if I'm falling apart a wee bit. I think I just what ha- what, what I do wrong though is I, I do try and train after I've been a wee bit injured, uh, and that's when I get injured a lot so but you just never learn do you no no you don't um, <laughs> the, the only I, the only way I ever learn is when I start paying for it you know in, in monetary terms and I go and see a physio and it's costing me a small fortune uh-huh. then I listen to advice prior to that I don't bother and I just carry on doing what I've been doing but when I'm yeah. paying hard cash for it um, I'll do as I'm told I'm a true Aberdonian and I, I don't believe in spending money when I don't have to so I don't think I've in fact I've I've only ever been to a physio when it's been for free. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is a solution then. You need to go pay for one. Even if it's just one session, you know, one session is enough for you to go, oh, well, wait a minute, that was a bit pricey. Yeah. I pay, I pay, I pay uh, money for physio for uh, my son James, and that's, that's enough. Uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not paying for myself as well. You see if you get a two for one. Absolutely, yeah. Buy one, get one free. <laughs> So have you have you missed out on much this year? Then um, we've all been struck with, uh, well, we've not all been struck with coronavirus, but certainly we've all been affected by coronavirus. Um, um, what's happened yeah. with you? Have you missed anything? I haven't missed anything at all because I've not, I've never, I haven't entered anything, knowing that I was either injured or was likely to be injured. So um, no, I haven't because I haven't entered a, any races. I've not missed out on anything at all. In fact, it's been because. Well, I've probably been, I was fit 
in 2020 from about April onwards until a month ago. Um, so it was actually a really good way of um, getting some good training in. And I was getting you know, back to almost full fitness, I think, when the hamstring went. So, uh, But I've not missed out on anything at all this year now. Yeah. yeah. For a lot of people, um, but not probably not really for myself, actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's not so bad then, is it? <laughs> if you not got all these kind of target races and what have you that you've had lined up? No, nothing at all. Nothing at all. So, 2021's the year for me, though. Back to full fitness, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yeah, no more injuries. Yeah. yeah. Um, how did you get into running then? Is it something that you've always done? Did you do it as a youngster or is it something you kind of came into later on in life? Um, so, at school, um, I was, my, my secondary school didn't really believe in school sports. So whenever we did do any running, I would, uh, I, I really enjoyed it, but it would just be like once every, well, probably about twice a year. And um, yeah, I used to win, win everything, uh, whether it be a sprint or a, you know, twice around the, the football pitch, I would, I would win it. Um, but uh, because there was no school sports, I didn't really sort of, I didn't really progress at all. And then... I think it was in sixth year I insisted that I went to the regional sports day um, thinking I would win it because I'd, I'd always won stuff at school and then when it got to the uh, regional sports day I didn't win it and um, speaking to the guys who were in the race uh, they were all in the, the same I'm from Aberdeen I was I was up in Aberdeen at, the, the, at school at the time and um, it was a case of well we, all the other guys in the race went to uh, a club called Aberdeen Harriers and so I went along to Aberdeen Harriers in my sixth year at school and for about a few months, you know, really enjoyed it there. But then I went to Stirling University and um, thought, right, I'll join the I'll join the athletics club here. Um, Freshers Week started. Uh, I went to the athletics club, um, Freshers Fair, at the Freshers Fair, and um, says, yeah, I'd like to join the athletics club. And it goes, great, give me the details, give them the details. And basically didn't hear from them for another year. Uh, by which point I was um, really unfit, um, had, had uh, discovered all the vices of university and wasn't interested at that point. And it was only, you have to sort of go forward till, uh, well, five years ago, the age of 49, when um, I suddenly realised that I was pretty unfit, um, a couple of stone overweight and needed something to um, get the weight off uh, and get myself a bit fitter. So I did the couch to 5k. Um, didn't actually uh, complete it on the first occasion. I think I got to about week, week three and got bored because um, I, was, I was literally just walking and then running. Um, that's all I could do at the time. And then I, about week three, got bored of it. Tried it again a few months later and got injured. Uh, and then a few months after that, tried it again. Managed to get to the end of the, the nine-week program, um, by, by which point I felt I was sort of hooked on running. Mm -hmm. um, Dunfermline Park when it just started so I thought I'll try to run 5k uh, in that and manage that um, and then joined Jog Scotland in Dunfermline uh, which is brilliant and then um, you know that was it I was hooked on running basically Mm. That's a real shame about the, the university um, athletics thing then, because that, that could have led you into greater things earlier on in, you know, in your life. Yeah, I do. I, I really regret that, actually. Um, uh, and, I mean, still university itself was it's a beautiful place to study, and it's got the, you've probably been there, it's got the, the lock in the middle, and it's got a nice um, path all the way around the lock, and it's absolutely ideal for running in mm -hmm. you know, the, the Ockle Hills and nearby. And basically, um, I think I, I never ran around that lock at all. And I think I, I walked up the awful hills once or twice, but that was it. Um, but yeah, I do regret it. Yeah. Yeah. One, of my, my biggest, one of my biggest regrets actually is not getting into running at an early age because I always had some sort of talent as a kid. And if I carried it on, you know, uh, it would have been good. But I didn't. And you can't, you can't look back on things and regret them. So, well, no, no, absolutely not. And, and uh, yeah. like you say, I, I know exactly what you mean, the lock around it, because they use that for the park run now, don't they? It's still in That's right, yeah. Yeah, I've not actually done it yet. Um, I've, I've visited it. In fact, I did the Stirling University cross-country a couple of years ago, well, three years ago, um, and really enjoyed that. In fact, that's, mm. that's my favorite, that was my favourite cross-country race, actually, that I've, uh, most favourite one that I've done. Um, it's good to be back, back at the old uni. 
So what led you into um, Carnegie Harriers then? Did you know people who were in the club or was it something that you found out through your involvement in Jog Scotland? Um, I think what happened was, um, well, my son James runs, well, at the time he was running for Petrivi. And so I was aware of Petrivi Roadrunners, which was quite a small club at the time. And I was aware of Carnegie Harriers. I knew a couple of folk in it. Um, I knew Barry Davey and a couple of others uh, but I was I was too scared to come along basically so I used to when my son used to train at Petrivi Stadium uh, after done the Jog Scotland bit uh, or as, at the same time I was doing Jog Scotland I would also run up and down you know the back path behind Petrivi Stadium mm. it's a uh, tree line area tree line path and I would just basically run up and down there myself um, too embarrassed to, to sort of run with anybody else at the time and then I thought I really need to join a, well, thought about joining a club. So uh, I, Petrivi Roadrunners were actually training there and they asked me if I wanted to join in. So um, I joined in one of their sessions and thought, yeah, that was quite good. And then um, I'd always wanted to come on a Carnegie Hires session. And I'd actually um, spied them training on a couple of occasions. I was pretending to walk my dog, but I was actually spying on them at uh, Petrivi. <laughs> on the grass there at Petrivi um, but I was too sort of scared to come along and, and join in or whatever um, and I think I'm sure I saw Stevie Greer was running there I thought he's looks about the same age as me and he's you know he's going a fair speed um, so I thought I definitely need to, to give it a go and then eventually plucked up the carriage one day and, and came along mm-hmm. and everyone was absolutely brilliant you know there was I think there's sort of a bit of a um, I thought that Clubs are a bit elitist or whatever, but there was nothing like that at Carnegie at all. Um, and um, yeah, I went along there. Um, I have to say, my, the session I had at Petrivi Road when I was brilliant. And what Campbell Blair's done with Petrivi since then, um, you know, is phenomenal. Um, um, but it was just a case of, you know, I just decided to stick with Carnegie basically, mm-hmm. and uh, really enjoyed it. That's uh, that's nearly four years now. I think it is. I've been a member, uh, and although only two years of it racing with them um, but I've you know I've really enjoyed it one of the best things I've one of the best things I've ever done yeah yeah it's, it's good it's a, like you say it's a good positive experience when you meet up with other people and you do get a perception that joining a club is very elitist and that everybody's going to be better than you you're always, you're always going to be the person at the back but you yeah. find that that's never really the case so oh no, that's right yeah no that's brilliant it's, what was your first different. sorry sorry I was going to say, what was your first session then when you got to Carnegie? It was, um, I always remember turning up, going into the, the um, Petrivi uh, building where we, where we uh, used to meet up, and Chris Stevenson, who, he's no longer with the club, um, but he sort of welcomed me, and we then did a session on the grass at Petrivi, and it was that session where you, the first time you run out, the first time you run, but for 30 seconds you bring the the cone with you and then you drop the cone down and then you have to go back and you have to reach that cone again but I made the mistake of going far too fast on the first session the first run um, and then I could never reach it after that uh, but I've learned I've learned my lessons since then certainly um, but yeah a bit too enthusiastic a bit, then I was yeah yeah I was trying to, try to show off and feel abysmally what kind of sessions do you enjoy at the club? I think that I enjoy, I, I don't enjoy a particular session any more than another one. I think it's just a case of I enjoy the variety of it. Um, if, I, if, you, if you weren't in a club, you'd basically be running the same sort of speed, um, probably from your house, the same route, day in, day out, which would get pretty boring. Uh, and I think what I like about Carnegie, Carnegie, probably any club, is that you've got such a varied um, training schedule where you're, you know, you'll, you'll be hill running in the public park one day, uh, or doing um, sprints, uh, a speed session in a completely different part of Dunfermline on another on another day. Uh, just just the variety, you know. I enjoy all the sessions. Yeah, so you don't yeah. you don't have something that you that you really loathe doing. I know certainly for um, from my perspective, I hate anything to do with um, short intervals. It's just not my cup of tea. I'm a kind of longer distance runner, so bring me to yeah. short intervals and I just about cry in a corner. I hate it. 
Yeah, no, they're probably amongst my favourite ones. I think in my heart, I'm probably a, a, probably a sprinter more than a, a long distance runner. So uh, I, I enjoy the, the shorter sessions, actually, uh, mm. hill, hill sessions as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, how do you think it's changed you then as a runner, being a part of the club? Um, I think the, I think probably the, the main thing is uh, I'm a more confident runner. Um, although, I mean, having said that, I just, I suppose when I started running, it was very quickly that I started at Carnegie Harriers. Um, so I didn't really know that much before it running wise. Um, but I think it's, it's, it gives you a lot of knowledge as well, because there's obviously a lot of people in the club that, that know a lot about running and have been running for far longer than me. Um, and, you know, either through, either at the, either at the training sessions or on, you know, the Facebook uh, members pages or whatever, uh, you just you just learn an awful lot more about running and, you know, the tips tips for races, um, uh, best best ways to train, um, the sort of, maybe the sort of kit you should be getting, etc. Um, so, yeah, um, just the sort of the increase in confidence. Yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. such a wide knowledge base there as oh, well. Absolutely. You can just kind of tap into anything. Yeah. Ah, that's right. Yeah, um, I mean that's the club. Well, it's tw- thirty years old next year. The club and some of the folk at the the club have been there for the thirty years. You know, yeah. so <laughs> there's a lot of there's an awful lot of experience. Yeah, there really is. It's amazing that yeah. uh, some of the original members still there. You know, thirty right. years. It's yeah. a long time. So yeah. it's, uh, it's impressive. Yeah. Um, we we know you, of course, as the man who takes all the photographs at um, at a lot of our races. And you produced some stunning work. You were just down in Preston Island last weekend, just taking some photographs there. Um, and I guess it's the first kind of recent experience a lot of people have had of late. Um, is photography and well, running photography something that you've done for a while, or is that a later in life thing as well? Uh, it was a later in life thing as well. I mean, I've, I've always sort of had a camera since I was at school. Um, but I really only started taking anything to do with sports photography when, again, James was at Petrivi and I, I used to go down the track occasionally and take some, some photographs of the races. And then, oh, I must have been about six years ago now that um, Scottish Athletics were looking for somebody to take pictures at the East District Championships um, because the regular guy couldn't make it. and. Uh, it was actually Nicola Moriarty who runs the um, Ready Steady Go Petrivi, mm-hmm. um, group, um, who had um, tipped me off about it. So I contacted them and goes, yeah, I'll, I'll take the photographs. Um, and then panicked because I, I thought to myself, they're going to expect really good photographs and uh, I don't really know what I'm doing. So I contacted um, Bobby Gavin, who usually takes the, he's the, 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 the official. Yeah, yeah. And I says, look, I'm a bit of a quandary. Um, can you give me some tips? And he was absolutely brilliant. And um, over a series of emails, um, basically told me how to take running pictures, how to take uh, high jump, long jump, uh, pole vault, um, and the, the throws as well, take pictures and what to look out for, the camera settings to use. And I basically just took it from there. Um, and the East District ones, you know, I went on to East District Championships at Meadowbank it was at the time. And they came out really well, and uh, I've just sort of progressed from there. Um, it's definitely my favourite type of photography now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, in the last three years or so, as well as the Scottish Athletics stuff, which I've kept going, um, as a company who basically the companies that do all the um, marathon pictures and half you know, the big the big half marathons and marathons like the Glasgow um, half marathon, the Edinburgh marathon. Um, the Great North Run, uh, Inverness, the Loch Ness Marathon, etc. Um, I sort of work for them for the last few years, uh, so basically get paid to sit at the finish line of the um, of the marathons for sometimes it can be six or seven hours, which is a bit a bit sore, um, and take eight basically take eight thousand pictures in a day. Wow. Uh, the beauty is I don't have to edit them at all. I just get you just have to hand the memory card back and somebody in, I believe it's India and New Zealand that um, it has a, the, um, gets to edit my pictures. 
Oh, really? Oh, I didn't realise yeah. that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. That's how, then. So that's how they're so quick. It's like sometimes it's the next day or the day after that you'll actually uh, get emailed your, your, your photographs. Um, but no, I love, I love doing that as well. It's a, it's a weekend away, up in Aberdeen or wherever it is, uh, get to stay in a hotel for free and uh, get my petrol for free and get, get paid as well. So it's all good. Yeah, it's not too bad at all. I mean, yeah. it's, it, it's, it probably sounds more glamorous than it actually is. I suppose sitting at, yeah. uh, for seven or eight hours at the, at the finishing line of a, of a marathon can be a bit of a lonely experience and probably a bit of a, like you say, it's a bit painful if you're sitting all that time and uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, me with my injuries, even though I'm sitting there for eight hours, I actually get a really bad um, injury in my left shoulder every time. Um, for some reason, I've never really had it checked out, and that usually affects me for the sort of the two weeks after I'm, I've taken the photographs. Um, but the, the first time it's, uh, that I actually took the pictures was, at, I think it was the Edinburgh, just an Edinburgh 10K, and I didn't have a stool, and I didn't have a monopod for my camera. And by the end of it, um, I was cold, I was wet, and I had some sort of repetitive strain injury in both hands from carrying this really heavy camera and lens. Um, so I, I've invested in a good chair and a good monopod, um, so it's it's fairly comfortable now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> got to make it as comfortable as you can when you're there all that yeah, length of time, absolutely. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you were saying about cross country there that <laughs> you did the Stirling cross country, and that was uh, that was probably your favourite one. Um, have you done a lot of cross country? Um, not really. No, it's I've got quite. I think I've got quite um, weak ankles. And so when I'm doing cross country, I've never tried hill running. I think that would be even worse. But certainly with the cross country, I find myself stumbling and twisting over on my ankle quite a lot. Uh, so it's not my favourite discipline. Um, I think, I mean, I think road, the road is my favourite, my favourite place to run. Mm -hmm. um, second, perhaps nice trails. Uh, I'm not that keen on mud and mud and puddles. I try to avoid mud and puddles wherever possible. That's why I've never done the Davila 15k. I always uh, volunteer to be the photographer for that. Yeah. You're missing a treat there. <laughs> I know. I'll maybe give it a go one of these days. I've actually got, I've got a new pair of um, tra uh, trail shoes about, must be six weeks ago now, um, Saucony Peregrines and they're literally still in the box. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'll get out there one of these days though. So you prefer the road, but you don't. Do you, do, you, do you mind the kind of softer trails? You know, if it's a bit more compact and less muddy and what have you, do you quite like that? Yeah, I wouldn't mind softer trails. I don't mind, don't mind softer trails in the in the summer, but when they've got puddles on them, I'm not so keen on that. <laughs> uh, I quite enjoy the Devilla Forest when we, especially if we've got a, a night run in Devilla Forest or something like that. I quite enjoy that. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah. My favourite, my most favourite place to run just now is the um, cycle path at Dunfermline to Clapmanon. Um, recently moved out of Dunfermline um, to Carnot just along the road, and uh, the, the cycle path's about half a mile from the house. And I'm just, I'm really enjoying just running back and forward and doing my own training sessions on it. I know a lot of people think it's a really boring place to run it's long and straight and uh, there's you know there's not a lot to see I suppose but I'm a bit of a bird watcher uh, as well as a runner and I just enjoy going along there and seeing run along there goldfinch on the left um, maybe a bullfinch on the right um, a sparrowhawk coming down to eat the eat the goldfinch um, so yeah I use it as a sort of a bird watching session as well as a training session that's a good distraction technique then, isn't it? it? Is. For, for yeah. Like you say, for something that a lot of people, I, I don't mind running on the, uh, the cycle path now and again, um, but I do struggle with it for more than a couple of, couple of miles. That's, right. about, um, that's about my limit. Um, uh, and I think it is because it's long and flat and to me featureless because, you know, I'm just seeing nothing but grass at the side and that's uh, it really. Um, but like you say, if you've got something to focus on, then it's a, a, yeah. a good one to use. Yeah, it's brilliant. I saw a family of um, stoats, uh, it was a young stoats dancing along the, dancing on the pavement as well. Wow. Uh, it's great to see. <laughs> um, 
But I also, I have, when I'm training, I always have music. Um, right. Almost always. So I think it, it may be quite boring if I didn't have the music, but because I've basically got music or podcasts on the whole time. Um, that's that's what distracts me from it all anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you don't you don't mind it just being flat the whole um, whole way? No, not at all. I, I like to get into rhythm. Uh, I quite enjoy um, loops. Like I mean, for example, the pH loop. I really enjoy running round and round the pH loop um, and just going into an almost zen-like trance as as you're going round. Um, yeah. Yeah, enjoy that. It's funny how we're all so different, eh? Because of it's like I've said before on the on the podcast how um, the thing I hate most is running around in circles, um, yeah. and I just I just can't do it. I've just got such a low um, boredom threshold that I just need something. I just need it to change all the time. I'm just right. constantly looking for a change in environment, and it could just uh, be crossing a road or going up a hill right. or you know just something a wee bit funky in the middle of it all, but. I guess that's what makes us all different, doesn't yeah. it? I don't know if you've ever seen the um, cyclocross track at Queen Anne High School. Yes, I did actually try and run round here because I know that you've been running round here for a while. Yeah. And um, I think I ran round it twice. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, I think it's exactly, oh, I can't remember now, but it's roughly about 100 metres all the way around. Just, uh, and I've done, I've done at least three 5Ks round it. I might have gone even further on occasion um but yeah you do get you you basically go into a totally zen-like trance and before you know it you've done the 50 times round it whatever you need to do the 5k <laughs> <laughs> so i'm busy looking right look at my watch going oh quarter of a mile is that it <laughs> yeah. so yeah total opposite <laughs> i know uh, so yeah, yeah, certainly favour a shorter distance and a long, a longer distance. We're not seeing you in a marathon anytime soon. Um, no, never say never. But I suppose my favourite distances are five ten, five k and ten k. Uh, I've done a couple of half marathons. Well, both was the Aloha half marathon, and and even and even towards the end of the Aloha half marathons, I could feel my body starting to almost like break down and get funny twinges and, and if that's a half marathon I think to myself I'm never going to manage a full marathon but maybe if I should maybe if I train for a full marathon it might be different <laughs> but I think my body would break down training for the half for the full marathon so I'd never actually get get to the marathon anyway so mm. but you never know never say never eh? well yeah you never know and it's yeah. interesting talking about um you know doing a full marathon because I have heard before that uh, you know, there's a saying that everyone has a marathon in them, and I'm not sure right. I strictly agree with that, mm-hmm. um, because some people are more predisposed to short distances or longer distances, and it's just not for everyone. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll maybe give it a go, but I need to be obviously injury free. Um, but uh, yeah, something like the the Greece marathon, you know, the original sort of marathon might be someone I might consider. Yeah, yeah, so something quite epic then to... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did try and get into the London Marathon a couple of times, but didn't. I sort of failed to get into that. Um, any of the ones in Scotland, I usually photograph them anyway, so they're sort of out. Um, so yeah, something something maybe abroad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Have you raced uh, abroad before? Um, no, I've never raced abroad. I've done three park runs abroad. Ah, um, right, so it's like a race, yeah. or, well, sort of, yeah, right. it's a part run, but... <laughs> uh, in three different, where is it? I've done Krakow, Gdansk and Wrocław, all in, all in Poland. Um, hangover for each of them, and got <laughs> really good times for each of them as well. In fact, I think it was sixth in Wrocław after a really bad hangover. So, uh, yeah, I really enjoy that. Going, going abroad and um, you know just you, you bring your parkrun ticket with you anywhere in the world and you just hand it over and you know the any country in the world the barcode person at the end knows exactly what it is and scans it and you know brilliant love it it's universal and it's a, it's an yeah, incredible it's thing yeah. Yeah. yeah I love a parkrun <laughs> missing a park I think we're all missing a parkrun just now yeah uh, I've not, I mean I haven't done that many parkruns um I think I've done I think I've volunteered a park run more than I've actually run a park run. Um but I do like the Dunfermline Park run even though I don't do it that often. 
um, even with it, even with the three hills. Um, it's uh, I think I've done it. I think I've only done it about fourteen times though, which obviously mm -hmm. isn't as much as some people who've who uh, you know at the sort of five hundred mark or whatever. But I do enjoy the Dunfermline Park one. Yeah, yeah. Again, I'm uh, I'm the opposite because that it's it's laps, you know. So the three laps, by the third lap, um, I have actually walked off the course on several occasions, thinking I just can't be bothered doing another lap. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a strange course, the Dunfermline Park run. Uh, well, obviously with the with the quite steep hill, mm. and I always um, the first time you go up the hill, it's okay. And then I often find that it's the second one that's the worst one. And I'm always thinking about excuses of in, have to have in, what sort of injury as I'm going up the hill. In fact, it's not as I'm going up the hill, it's as I'm going down the hill before you go up the hill. I'm thinking, right, what injury am I going to feign here? Because it's just going to be too hard going halfway up, that, up, the, up the hill. Um, and then I never actually get around to doing the, the fake injury. Mm. Uh, so you're but talking yourself out of it before you even get I'm into always, it. Yeah, talk myself out of things like that all the time, yeah. yeah. But um, I just keep going. And then by the third one, you know that there's less than a kilometre to go. So mm -hmm. no matter how hard it is, uh, you just go for it. Yeah. My PV actually at the Dunfermline Park run was with a hangover as well. <laughs> um, on New Year's Day, 2000, well, a couple, just over two years ago, I think it was. Um, hangover running's working for you then. Yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, good to see them back again with the park ones. <clears throat> oh, it really will be. Yeah, yeah. it's a big, big empty Saturday morning at the moment uh, for uh, so many people. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, what's your fondest running memory thus far? Then, I mean, I, I suppose that could be something from your uh, from your early years um, as running, or something a bit later. Could be within a race context. Could be just within a training run. Just a fond memory. Um, I don't, I, I can't think of any specific races, but I don't know if you get the same sort of thing, but there's a, there's a few races that I've run in where you reach an almost, like a, a state where, because psychologically my mind always tries to slow my body down and it's, you know, it's sort of my, my mind saying you're too tired, you're going to get injured, you are injured slow down and there's occasionally in June in some races where your mind it, it, it sort of becomes really positive and you I'm probably not explaining this very well but you it's almost like you feel like you're more Mo Farah for a few for a bit of time and um your 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 arms and legs go exactly how they should do and you don't feel any pain um it's almost like your vision becomes blurry apart from the bit right in the middle that's focusing on the person in front of you that you're trying to pass and it's a it's a sort of a, almost like a religious experience so that's happened that's happened to this is going to sound really silly on the podcast but anyway it's happened a few times to me and uh i'm trying to think of some of the races that's happened in what's that one in Balerno? Uh, is that oh, the rig race rig race yeah it definitely, that's five I mean, I miles that, isn't it yeah yeah and it's uphill the first half and it's downhill the second half and it was more the downhill that I suppose it happened in um, but yeah that that was one where it definitely happened and I just felt that I was I was going at a point when I was going fast my mind was saying you can go faster than that so I'll try and I was getting faster and, the, and I looked at Strava later and it was, it was you know that was the case mm -hmm. um, I think that, I, that was the race that I beat Alan Murray on the line oh excellent uh, yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, and it, happened a, it happened in a couple of other ones as well. Um, it doesn't happen often enough, though, unfortunately. Um, I, I, I kind of know what you mean with that as well, uh, because it, it's almost like there's everything's, like you say, everything's working really well, and you've got yeah. that um, that kind of clarity of mind where yeah. almost like you're thinking, I, I, I can do this. You know, I, I'm okay. I don't, I don't need to feign injury or I don't need to um, complain or focus on other people. And I think yeah. we do a lot of that is focus on other people, what other people are doing around us. Yeah. Um, it's a very intrinsic thing, I think, where you're just... I focus a lot on breathing um, okay. and like a, a rhythm. So I'm counting and I'm counting my steps 
in line with my breathing so it becomes this very rhythmic pattern and if I can continue to focus on that then it stops me thinking about the extrinsic things that are happening around me um, yeah. and yeah and just like you know I've got this keep going keep going you've got it yeah. uh-huh. and it's your, it's your mind it's not your body that stops you it's, your, it's definitely your mind that stops you um, yeah. and literally all I'm concentrating on is the, is the person in front of me to the extent that I mean, it happens a lot. People say, oh, this, um, you should do such and such a race because it's really beautiful. But in any race, in any case, I never see the scenery around about me. Um, I do when I'm tra- on, tra- on training runs, I'm looking around all the time. But in a race, I've just got tunnel vision. Um, so, I've, I've, you know, I could be running in, I mean, one of my best races I thought was the one in, um, what's that one in Glenrothes where you're, it's basically a 5K out and back uh, in, um, in the middle of Glenrothes, and um, oh, is that part of the Glenrothes Running Festival? Is it? Might, might have I'm, been. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, um, but you know that was um, there was nothing to see at all. But it was one of my best races just because of how I felt rather than what I was what I was seeing. Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah. that's often the best thing because you see mm-hmm. people looking around and seeing what everyone else is doing. Like, oh, uh, don't do that. Just like, focus on you. Focus on what you're doing, not what everybody else yeah. is doing. Because you can't control what everyone else is doing. You can only control <laughs> what you're doing yourself. Yeah. So. I remember what my favourite race is. It's and I've done it twice. Was the um, the one at Cram and the five k Scottish Champs? Oh and, right, uh, yes. Yeah. And I think I think maybe for that. For the reason that I do get into that state um, of that I can do it rather than I can't do it in, uh, in both of those races. So, uh, yeah, that's probably my best race. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about um, bad experiences? Have you had any of them within the within a race or even just within a run? Um, not that many in races. I, I'm, I've actually cancelled a few races because of well, injury uh, and, and even... And even when I've thought I've only got a slight injury, I'm thinking to myself, I'm either going to get really injured in the race or I'm going to perform really badly. So I just basically pull out of it. Um, and I think a lot of people who have bad races are going in there injured or ill maybe. Um, whereas I don't, I wouldn't do that. If I'm ill or injured, I'm just not going to run. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose the race that I didn't enjoy that much was the second Aloha half marathon that I did. Um, it was... It was the one that was cancelled when it should have happened, and then it so it happened more in the summer, summer months, and it was a really humid day, and uh, I was sweating loads, and uh, I'd, I had a I had a slight blister on on the bottom of my foot, and I put a really cheap um, elastoplast on it that basically must have come off with the sweat very early on in the race. So it was just rubbing on my foot the whole time. Ouch. So it was like, you know how you got a blister, when you get a start of a blister and you just, you know, you, you, you generally you would stop because, because it was a half marathon. And by that point, I was probably halfway through it. I just thought I'll just carry on running. And it was absolute agony for the whole, whole race. Oh. And I had a massive, basically the whole bottom of my foot was, was, was left in the bottom of the shoe at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Being a very uh, visual image there. Yeah. Uh, not not a great race. No. <laughs> There's nothing worse than when you feel that wee bit of discomfort and you think you can just run through it. Yeah. Um, and then it just gets worse and worse and worse. And then you're trying to overcompensate for it. So something oh. on the other side gives, you know, your hip starts going a wee bit weird. And yeah. <laughs> my worst training session would have been the one where I went off with the um, ruptured my Achilles, basically. And I can still remember the date because it was February. Um, I looked back on Strava on it recently. 26th of February was a Tuesday session that we did. And that gave me a slight pain in my Achilles, which I should have rested, but I didn't. I then trained on the Thursday up at um, somewhere in Dulloch area. And uh, in fact, no, Dulloch area was a Tuesday. And then on the Thursday, we trained in the industrial estate at Petrivi. And um, halfway through that, suddenly it was real agony and I basically hobbled home and didn't run for about seven months after that. I remember um, that night actually because you were, uh, um, I think I was taking the session and you were there and then at the yeah. end when I was um, 
uh, gathering everyone up, uh, <laughs> I noticed that you were missing, and somebody said that uh, you know you'd, you'd pulled your Achilles, and yeah. it was a proper a proper nasty one you gave it yourself was, yeah. there. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a full tear. It, didn't, it wasn't a full tear. It was uh, the the doctor called it a, basically a rupture. Um, and it, he didn't know how long it would take to, to heal, depending on, it depended largely on your age, he was saying. So, yeah, it took me seven months mm. uh, of, of hell, basically, yeah. It's not easy, yeah. It's not easy no, when, you, when you get something like that, and especially when you were going so well, uh, was, you know, yeah. on, on the lead up to that, uh, everything was just, yeah. you know, slotted into place. Yeah, uh, that was, I was sort of at my, I was getting PBs just before that, and then, uh, and then that was it. And I've never sort of been back to the same same standard since. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll be back. You will. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> do, do you have a, a routine then um, for races? Uh, you know, any kind of preparation other than um, having a, a baby the night before and uh, getting a really good run. <laughs> but do you have a routine or anything for a, like maybe a target race or anything that you're doing? Um, yes, yeah, so I have a routine in the morning. Uh, yeah, just I, prior yeah. to the race or like even the night before, the morning. Yeah, um, nothing really the night before. I won't generally drink, I won't drink alcohol the night before a race. Um, I won't eat big heavy meals the night before. But no, basically the only preparation I'll do is I'll go to the toilet about 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'll, if it's a race that's got the portaloos, then I'll basically spend about an hour in the portaloo before the race. <laughs> Um, to avoid the crowds, so I'll get I'll get in the portal before the crowds are there and just basically uh, have it reserved for the next hour or so. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'll come out and race. <laughs> yeah. You just take yourself away. You just need that time just to get your head sorted. Uh, yeah, just to use the toilet facilities. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you're not just hiding there then? I'm not, oh no, I'm not, not just hiding. No, no. Right. I'm, not, I'm, I'm thinking of you're business. you're using this as a as a wee space. Um, no. Just to, I could think of better spaces to be hiding. Yeah, I know. No, no, I'm doing proper business there. No, definitely. Um, better there than the race. What was that? Sorry. You're better there than during the race. Well, yes, absolutely. Yeah, there's nothing quite like being caught short in the mid-race. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, do you have any things that annoy you about running or runners or anything of that? Kind of thing? Um, I know I'm always moaning about things that, that annoy me about running. Um, you think I'd hate running the way I go on sometimes, but I don't <laughs> Not a lot. I'm I'm sort of quite easy going. I mean, even I know people go on about people um, not acknowledging them. You know, fellow runners acknowledge them as they go past and not saying hi. But I think at the end of the day, you don't really know what that other person's situation is. They could be having a bad day. They could be autistic, for example, and just things like that. That that you know, you just don't know what the other person's doing or thinking or their state of mind or whatever. So that doesn't really bother me. Um, Maybe I've got a sort of a love-hate relationship with uh, Strava in that I love, I do love Strava um, and I'll, I'll also sort of pour over the, um, the graphs and everything all, uh, all the, I look back at training runs, um, same with Garmin Connect as well, I, I use that quite a lot, um, but I hate the whole kudos thing, I don't see the point in it, um, if, I mean, I'm I'm now I'm private. I've been private on Strava for a few months just because I um, I can't be bothered. Not that I can't be bothered giving people kudos, but it, it, I don't think it means anything because you literally spend your time looking at folks' runs of an evening and just pressing the kudos button. But you're not really sort of paying any attention to how they've done it, or you know. I think if you I think if you get a comment from somebody, then that's a different thing. But just just the whole kudos thing. Just is ten minutes of my life, my ten minutes of my day that I'm never going to get back. So, I suppose I went private as a result of that, and also went private because um, I I'm quite a if I'm not at work, I get up quite I suppose quite late. And by which point, I'm looking at Strava and folk have already done half marathons and I'm not even up yet. So it just sort of 
pisses me off, sort of pissed me off a wee bit. Um, so yeah, I've gone private on, on Strava. Um, although I do like to look at it from my own point of view. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, other things, I suppose I'm not a great fan of running Facebook forums. Um, I just feel that there's too many folk with big egos, too many, mm, sounds nasty, but sort of maybe needy people on them and people with people far too self-opinionated as well. So I've took mm. myself off all the, I think I was on about three different running forums and I've come off them all now as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I certainly um, um, agree with you on that one. I, <laughs> you find a lot of the time that somebody will put on something where I need new shoes, can anyone advise me? And you've got 50 replies with 50 different types of shoes. Yeah, um, what are the best socks? Well, the best socks for what? Uh, you know, what, what's the best run to do in Fife? Well, where, where do you start? You know, and yeah. the, there's too many experts out there, I find as well, people who know a tiny little bit of information who are self-expert um, on everything. Yeah. I could sort of put on, I've got a hamstring injury, what should I do? And there'll be loads of folk who aren't physios giving me their expert advice on what I should do. Um, so now I've come off of all them as well. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've done that. the same. Right, have you? Yeah. <laughs> I've, well, I've done the same thing with that and I've done the same thing with Strava as well. No, um, no. Because okay. like you say, it's a whole kudos thing and you, you're just going through it and going kudos, 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 just down a list. Yeah. Um, and you don't actually look at what people are doing, you're just liking it for the sake of liking it, really. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I keep mine yeah. very, very private these days as well. Um, but other than that, no. I mean, I think the running community as a whole are, uh, it's a, you know, it's a really nice bunch of people. Um, you know, 99, 99 out of 100 folk in the running community are absolutely brand new. Um, yeah. And... Uh, from the point of view of not just obviously the running aspect of it, um, the social aspect of it as well was great. Um, made lots of good friends and, um, you know, who are, who are runners, not just in Carnegie, but I think being a runner, you you know, you get to know other people uh, in other clubs, at races or just out and about and, and et cetera. And um, yes, yeah, it has a whole new dimension to your, to your, to your later life, as it were. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a great thing running and I just uh, yeah. love running people and running people just kind of gravitate towards one another and they just want to talk running. Yeah. They don't want to talk about work or families that's or they just yeah. want to talk about running. Yeah, that's a good point because all thinking of Carnegie, I know very little about what people do outside of their, you know, outside of running, mm -hmm. really. Even though I've talked to them loads, but not really, not that interested in what they do. What they do for a living, and I, I suppose, yeah, 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 we're kind of all equal, I guess. Uh, we're, yeah, we're all just runners, right. yeah, yeah, that's right, exactly. I, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna not wind up, but I'm gonna um, fire on with uh, some shorter questions here, so almost like a rapid fire round, but they can be longer if you, if you fancy. Um, so first of all, a favorite brand of shoe or a specific type of shoe, so like a road shoe, trail shoe, or um. I do I, I do a lot of research on shoes before I buy them, um, but often the ones that have come out top research-wise, when I've actually worn them, they've been pretty rubbish. So I think there was one that I felt like I was wearing a couple of bricks was the um, Brooks GTS 17s. It was, and I just I couldn't run on them at all. And you know they've got glowing reviews. Um, I sort of stumbled across the Saucony Guide. Uh, Stockton Guide series because I'm an overpronator. Um and I was I think I've had the I think I'm on the first sorry, I'm on the third variation of them, uh the Stockton Guide 13s I'm on now. And I'm still finding them nice. I think though when a when a shoe maker um brings out a new model, often the new model is nothing like the old model at all. So just because you just because you 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 sort of wore Stockton Guides uh two years ago, the the latest version might be completely different, but no, so far so good with the Saucony Guides, although the comfiest shoe I'm wearing just now is the, and it's not even an overpronator shoe, which might be why I've got my hamstring injury, I don't know, but it's a, it's a Nike React Miler, which is really soft and comfortable. Right, uh, right. 
maybe too soft and comfortable and your hamstring's not liking it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably, probably, yeah. Uh, and what else have I got just now? I do like shoes, I must admit. Um, so that I've got the Saucony Peregrines, but I've not actually worn them yet. I wore them in the house. <laughs> but, I've never worn them but yeah, I've tried to stick with the Saucony Guide series. Mm-hmm. Um, see how that goes, eh? Like you say, they, they, they change them and you think, oh, surely they can't have changed that much. You put them on and you go, whoa, these are nothing yeah. like the last ones. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I, I quite I quite like for the... Um, any trail running I've done in the past, I've been using the Speed Cross 4s, the Salomon Speed Cross 4s. Yeah. And I find them really good as well. Um, mm-hmm. I just wanted something a bit less um, aggressive, and that's why I've got the Saucony Peregrines. So we'll see what they're like anyway. Yeah. What about favourite piece of running kit? Oh, definitely my um, Garmin 245 Music. Uh, could never be without without a Garmin watch, and specifically that one, because it's... You, you can basically put um, loads of uh, playlists on it. and But actually, I say that's my favourite bit of kit, but it's allied to the um, my, uh, Aftershocks, Aerapex, um bone conductor headphones, which ah, are great. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I don't bring a, a phone out with me. Um, just got the, the watch for my music played straight to my, my headphones. Um, I remember there was one time that I... Went to train. I mean, I always wear my Garmin, but there was one time I was at training again. It was at Petrivi uh, on the fields at Petrivi, and we were waiting to start a session. And um, I was waiting. I pressed. I pressed my watch to start the session, and I looked down, and it was a. It wasn't a Garmin watch at all. It was an analog, <laughs> analog watch. I felt like just going home. I thought this session's worth going to now. You can't uh, see the stats after. What's the point? No. What's the point? I. Uh, I think it was. Uh, I was running with it was Willie Rennie was there at the time and um I basically just you can see on the look on my face that someone was wrong and he goes, What's wrong? And I goes, Look at my watch. It was the it was a watch with um with hands on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I stayed around, I, I stuck around for the session. <laughs> What's your favourite place to run? Uh, so if you were just picking somewhere just the other day off or something and you say, Okay, I fancy a run, I'm gonna go to um, just now, I would say somewhere like um, one of the woods nearby where I live. Um, is it Balgowie Woods? Yeah, that's a great wee spot. Yeah, so I've I've not ran there yet, but I have um, walked there a couple of times and taken some pictures on my camera in the last few weeks. And um, I think uh, next time I'm injury free, I'll gi- I'll give that a look. It just seems. So especially with the leaves on the ground just now, and there's a couple of muddy places which I'll be able to jump over hopefully. Um, but yeah, just somewhere, somewhere nice like that. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, last time I was there, I saw red squirrels and all manner of birds as well. So it maybe sort of again a double uh, sort of run, come bird watching session. Yeah. yeah. Do you do much in the way of cross training? I know you've got a, you bought a road bike earlier this year, did you know? Yeah. So do you, do you supplement your running now with a, with a bit of cycling? Yeah, I think uh, not just cycling. I think because I, because I am injured so much, I've I've almost um, supplement uh, substituted the, for the running. I've got my, my bike now, um, which was fine in good weather. But I don't find I'm not a I'm not a bad weather cyclist. I don't think. Um, but I've really got into since lockdown. I suppose um, a lot of stuff like mobility sessions and strength strength training sessions, a lot of yoga as well. Um, so there's a, there's a guy for the, for the mobility sessions, there's a really good guy who is the strength trainer for uh, an American elite running team called Tin Man Elite Running Group. Uh, he's a guy called Chris Lee, and there's a lot of stuff online that he does. So just on video, sort of 15 minute, 15, 20 minute sessions on uh, mobility. So I'll often, I'll quite often uh, just stick his video on and then copy what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, on Instagram, there's a, whenever I'm doing weights now, um, I'll follow a woman on Instagram called Maria Sorrentino, uh, who does some really good, it's not just running, not just running weights stuff that she does. Um, but it's it's sort of geared towards runners, I would say. 
Um, and again, I'll I'll follow her stuff on Instagram. I've, mm-hmm. I've got a year subscription to um, a yoga uh, app called Down Dog. Um, so I'll, I'll make up yoga sessions. I'll usually do that for about 15 minutes before I go to bed, much to my wife Tara's hilarity because I'm the most unbalanced, uh, unstretchy person there is. So <laughs> she'll basically be in bed um, reading and I'll be in the background hopping around hopping around the bedroom on one... It's a wee bit of entertainment for her before she goes to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Whenever it comes to the one sort of one-legged thing, she'll put the book down and just watch and wait for me to start pogoing around the uh, bedroom. (laughs) It's making a a difference though. Uh, You know, I I could never touch my... I could barely touch my knees, never mind my toes, but I'm certainly getting halfway down my shins now um, when I'm trying to touch my toes. So it's... I think it's doing a bit of good. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah. progressive, something like that, isn't it? You know, I think you can progress quite quickly if you're doing it quite frequently. Yeah. Something like you uh-huh. know, mobility stuff like that. Yeah, but it's just it's really annoying when you see. As well, there was one uh, uh, position I was trying to do the other night where you, you're basically sitting down, legs wide apart, and then you take your head and you put your head on the ground, <laughs> <laughs> but. And I literally couldn't get, my back was still vertical. So, my, you know, it just basically didn't move at all. Um, so it's frustrating at times, but one day I'll get there, one day. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Um, I'm going to ask you my, my favourite question at the moment, um, and that's about the um, Carnegie Harriers vest. Um, there's been a, a bit of discussion about it lately, um, mostly within the committee, uh, on whether we should keep our existing best or um, make some adjustments to, I think the material is a bit of an issue. Um, and uh, I don't think any running vest is particularly ideal material wise, but if I was to say to you, should it stay or should it go? What are your thoughts? Um, I suppose it depends what you mean by should it stay or should it go? Um, personally, I would, I would never get rid of the colors um, and, and where the colors are on the vest as well. I think it all works really well. It's great to see um, other runners and races with the same um, Carnegie Harriers top as you, uh, uh, speaking as a runner and as a photographer, because it's so easy to spot any Carnegie Harrier in, in, a, in a race of hundreds of other people. Yeah. Uh, so I would never want to get rid of the colours. Um, Material-wise, I'm not a great fan of the material. I think I've got quite sensitive nipples when I run and um, I'll, I usually forget to put Vaseline on so it's not great from that point of view so if I can find uh, a vest with a more sympathetic material that would be great um, and I suppose vest wise I think it's I think it does look a bit um, slightly dated I mean it's, I don't know if it's been the same one that we had 30 years ago where there's been any changes at all so in the I same don't way, think there's been any changes at no all changes. to it. I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think in the same way that uh, a football strip from the from the nineties would look a wee bit dated now, uh, I think that'd be the same with the same with the vest. So I suppose if it was up to me, uh, I would be I'd be wanting to have slightly different material and, and a slightly updated modern design, but exactly the same colours. Yeah. So I'm sort of halfway in the, halfway between. Yeah, yeah that's fair enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask you one more question before I let yeah. you leave because it is Friday night after all. And I'm sure you've got more important things to do than sitting here chatting to me. <laughs> um, if if you had any advice to give someone who was new to running, what would that be? Um, I suppose it would be a couple of couple of things. Maybe um, don't overextend yourself too soon because you're going to get injured. Um, that happened to me, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, on just the couch to 5K. Um, I remember going too fast during a couch to 5K session and even during it, I was thinking, I'm overextending myself here. I'm going too fast. I'm going to get injured. And, you know, that's exactly what happened. So I think uh, if, you, you know, if you're going to get into running, then increase your mileage, increase your speeds slowly but steadily. Um, get a good pair of shoes don't just wear the same shoes as you've worn for the last five years to play football in and suddenly think these will be good enough to to train in 
because uh, there's an awful lot of g-forces goes through your body um, when you're running um, and your, your, your trainers you've had for five years aren't going to cut, cut it at all and I suppose thirdly is don't fear joining a running club um, don't think it's an, uh, you know a running club's going to be elite in any way and really no matter what stage you are or how early you are in your running career um, in, your, in your hobby then you know, give a club a try. If you don't like it, if you, if you think it's not for you, fine, but you'll probably find that you'll be drawn into it. And before you know it, you'll be six months down the line and you're halfway up the halfway up the field, um, enjoying it, really enjoying it. So that's probably my the three tips I would give. Fantastic. Great. Yeah, thanks very much for that. Um, it's been oh. a real pleasure talking to you, Steve. Um, you. And uh, hopefully your injury goes away very, very quickly. And uh, we see you back out running again very soon. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. See you Cheers. then, Leslie. Take care. Cheers. Bye. Well, thanks again to Steve for chatting with me. Um, I really enjoyed our conversation and I feel I know a little bit more about what Steve's all about um, after that. So thanks, Steve. As usual, I'll finish on a few final thoughts. Um, something that Steve said was how you don't really know what's going on in someone's life um, that maybe prohibits them from saying hi if you see them out running. And I've mentioned before on here how it's something that bothers me a bit. Um, I work with autistic adults and I have an autistic son at home, so life is quite demanding. Um, and for me, running is such an escape. It's my happy place to go and I guess I want it to be everyone else's too. Steve's absolutely right though and I've taken that on board and in the future I will make more of an effort to be a bit less judgmental and more like Steve. Have a great week everyone. Until next time, take care. Thanks for listening.